in today's episode, I'm going to talk about um, a few writers. I'm going to talk about a book by uh, Tony Cohan called On Mexican Time. I'm going to talk about Graham McIntosh. And also, I'm going to read an excerpt from a piece that we published on Wanderlust Journal by Kristen Van Tassel. And all of these things I wanted to include because they have that sense of wonder and their first impressions. And so when you're going to a new place or when I'm going to a new place, it's just sensory overload. And if someone can start to capture that in their writing or if you can in your own writing, that's what brings a reader in. And so I wanted to read a little bit from On Mexican Time to start with because I'm as the weather has changed here in Ceres, New Mexico, I'm starting to think about going back to Baja for winter. And so with that in mind, I thought I'd do an episode on Mexico and Baja and Spanish. So this is from the first, one of the first chapters of On Mexican Time by Tony Cohan. I closed the door softly, tiptoe downstairs and pad through the hotel precincts. Dewdrops quiver on the spiky tips of barrel cacti in the glimmering dawn. A, ba a pale green agave bursting from its pot snags my pant leg. An iridescent green hummingbird probes the black stamen of a yellow hibiscus bloom. Ripe oranges cluster among the deep green leaves of a giant citrus in the courtyard. Hola! I wheel, my heart racing. Pedro, the hotel parrot, chomps the metal bars of his cage with his beaks. Hola! He shrieks again, his greeting waking up the world. I pass the sleeping ni night watchman on the lobby couch, gently let myself out, and fall in among the early morning crowd trudging up Calle Insurgentes towards the market. Peddlers lugging grain sacks and rope-tied cartons, blue-uniformed school kids, Indian women bearing baskets of food. Scruffy burros I'd seen hauling firewood up the steep lanes in winter now bear bags of soil to the gardens. The summer air holds new fragrances, jasmine, tuberoses, citrus. Above the church's tiled domes, the sky deepens to blue. And I include this um, section because it's a really beautiful sense of stepping into another culture. And he does it in a way that's very uh, sensitive to all the, the details. And rather than him trying to interpret things or change things into what is more familiar to him. He just gave us an incredibly vivid feel of what he felt, what he felt physically, as in smells, sights, sounds, what he saw, the, how people were just doing what they were doing, and he was an observer. And then I like um, how the other tip, I'd say, that if you wanted to take this as a little writing tip, part of the episode um he really uses the word i see he does he could have easily overused the word i see i hear i watched but he doesn't instead of saying i see blue uniforms school kids i watch indian women bearing baskets of food i step out i hear scruffy burrows blah blah he just makes the statement and if you can do that in your own writing it will really make quite a difference i have to say now, if we divide up the different styles of writing, which again, I hope um, gives you permission to 
write however you want to write because that's the point. It's your story. You get to decide. You can do trip reports that talk about the s streets and the roads and the crossings and how you did it. So the trip reports, the memoirs that are fuller, more full of reflection, kind of like this on Mexican time. There are vignettes like I publish on the Wanderlust Journal website. There are articles telling you more about why to go somewhere, the best this, the 10 best that. Um, then there are the travel books that can be a mix of all of those in one place. And then there are documentaries and shows. I recently watched with a friend of mine, we watched um, Long Way Up, which is uh, Ewan McGregor and Charlie Bowman riding uh, electronic e-bikes, motorbikes, adventure bikes from Ushuaia to LA in 100 days. And so there are all these different ways of approaching and appreciating different cultures, different customs, whether you're more of a tourist that pops in for two weeks and comes back out, or more of an overlander that's going long distance for long term in your own vehicle or by public transport. There are all these different ways of traveling, armchair travelers. It's just um, you get to appreciate it and you get to do it the way you want to do it. And talking of that, that's a kind of a great introduction to someone I wanted to introduce you to, at least a little bit today, is Graham McIntosh. And I'll come back to him another time. We'll do more detailed about Baja itself. But um, so Graham McIntosh, fascinating. His first book came out, Into a Desert Place, in 1988. And in it, he wrote, I had never been particularly good at anything except catering to my own comfort and safety. And that's sort of a little questionable because this book is called Into a Desert Place. And it's a 3,000-mile walk around the coast of Baja, California, done in the mid-80s. So around the same time that Tony Cohan writes about moving to San Miguel de Allende. Um, about 40 years ago now, which is kind of crazy, right? So Graham McIntosh was born in London. He studied at different universities in England, Leeds and Sheffield. And he's been named an adventurous traveler. He gives a lot of presentations. And he's got four books about Baja, Into a Desert Place, Journey with a Baja Burro, Nearer My Dog to Thee, and Marooned with Very Little Beer. So the one I've read um, completely is called Nearer My Dog to Thee. And <clears throat> I want to check out the other ones, especially the one about going across across the country with um, just a burrow, just a donkey. So anyway, Nero My Dog Today, it's his third book, and it's about his summer camping in the Sierra San, Med San Pedro Matia. It's an uh, ancient forest, um, endangered place, unfortunately. But in this, he he really brings you into his months there. And he had no vehicles. His wife at the time would bring him supplies every so often. But it was him, some dogs. And he goes and he's done such great research into the animals, the eagles, the thunder, the mushrooms, the condors, the economics, um, the political stance of having a national forest, the high Sierra, the desert, the water, pretty much the planets. I mean, he does a really good job and he's really funny. So I absolutely recommend him and I will um, read a couple of excerpts from one of his books and a different in a different in a different version of this, we'll go more into detail of Bahia and Baja. I mean, and Bahia de Bahia de los Angeles, I think, is his main focus these days. 
Next up, we have Kristen von Tassel. It's a great example of a travel vignette, and that's mostly what we publish on Wanderlust Journal. I wanted to make it a resource for all of us that like dipping in and out of people's travel blogs, but it's overwhelming when you go online and you just look up a certain place and travel blogs and there's just so much. So I created this website where people submit and as long as it's written well enough, yes, I do have some standards, um, I then, or we, I had a team for a while, we would then publish about once a week someone's new story of uh, different cultures and different customs and places and people. And this is one of them. This is from Christopher Tassel. And I'm not going to do the whole thing. I'm just going to do a little bit for you. So here you go. Seven hours into the trip, the teenager in front of you turns around, quizzical. Tienes familia en Fresnillo? You try to sound like you know what you're doing. Um, estudiamos español en Guanajuato. You don't know how to say immersion or if that would be weird to say. And you cannot remember how to conjugate verbs in the future tense. The elderly man in the seat across from you sits ramrod straight, never removing his cowboy hat during the 40-hour journey. His wife curls next to him, her legs and feet on his lap. They sleep. You don't. The baby behind you sometimes lets out a belly chuckle, but she never cries, even during the ten hours sitting on the Rio Grande Bridge, waiting for the, uh, behind the other buses in the customs line. No one seems troubled by the wait. Eight hours in, your eleven-year-old son turns to you, his face spilling the desperation you feel but have not yamed. How much longer? It's hard to know. From the moment you stepped on the bus, it's been all Espanol. The transfer terminal in Dallas, the bathroom and food breaks, the destination announcements... Espanol. This place has very real demands on your not-so-great Spanish, and you feel proud of yourself for telling the border officer you'll pay all fees in the city where your classes will be, Juanajuato. But when you miss the call for customs forms, you're downgraded again. And once you're in Mexico, the final stop of the line, Fresnillo, is the equivalent of Salina, Kansas, where you're from. It's not a tourist town. One of the bus line desk clerks rides along in the van shuttle to the transfer, where you'll get on a different bus for the first time in two days. He speaks rapidly the whole time, and no entiendes nada. But it's okay. He keeps smiling, nodding his head, and he holds his hand close together as if to say, just a while longer. So I wanted to include that piece by um, Kristen, who lives and teaches in central Kansas, and her travel essays have appeared in World Harm, Transitions Abroad, and Wraparound South. But I like this one because, again, it's that great introduction. It's that initial sense of a new place. And she's doing it very physically and very slowly because they're going on the bus, as opposed to when you fly in, you drop in, and it's that rapid immersion. So I like this um, mostly because she does something that I really recommend a lot of people um, pay attention to in their own writing, whatever kind it is, whether it's travel writing, trip reports, books, articles, blogs, doesn't matter. But the, as you're writing from the first person, your own experiences, I recommend you write it out and then go back and delete all the times you've said, I saw the elderly man in the seat across from me. I noticed his wife curl next to him. I heard the baby behind you. Just do exactly as Kristen did. It's a great example. She just states it, make the statement, the elderly man in the seat across his wife ne curls next to him. The baby behind you lets out a baby belly chuckle. Things like that. It, it just brings the reader in so much faster and so much better that I super recommend it.
But another thing before, if you do yourself want to go to cross over into Mexico or into any Spanish-speaking country, there are two things I recommend, two resources. So I, for the spoken Spanish, conversational Spanish, I really recommend you check out Lingoda. I have no affiliation with them. I have no benefit telling you that, but purely it made all the difference to my own Spanish speaking. It's a very affordable platform, Zoom, live, small class conversations with a different focus in each hour. And there'll be three to five of you and a native speaker. And it's great because you actually really are having to talk. That's all it is. You're talking, yes, they're teaching you different vocab and words and structures, but it's all talking and listening and talking and responding. So I really um, recommend that. And the other one, um, I'm forgetting the exact name, but it's a podcast. And since you're listening to this podcast, you like podcasts. And it's something like um, News and Slow Spanish. And that is a Again, a really good way of building up your comprehension skills. Um, so I'd leave you with those two things. I am going to put the links to all the books and websites below. And I'm going to leave you there for now. But we'll come back another time because I do want to talk soon about the different types of travel, whether we're going by donkey like Graham, um, camping, motorcycles, bus, public transport, four by fours, whatever it is, motorcycles, bicycles. And actually, I just met someone who's a through hiker who's doing it on a skateboard. So we'll probably talk to him at some point too. So that his name is Moondog. That's what he goes by. Anyways, we will come back to that. And yes, talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.